welcome to today's On This Day in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of quite a few books on Tudor history. Now, today I'm taking you back to the reign of King Henry VIII, which was a very eventful reign. For on this day in Tudor history, the 23rd of October, 1538, Thomas, prior of Christchurch, Canterbury, wrote to Thomas Cromwell, Henry VIII's chief advisor. Here is a record of this letter. Thanks Cromwell for his letter received by his servant, John Anthony, allowing the writer to keep his present lodging for life. It is but a poor thing, but nigh the church and a place he has long continued in. Here's from Anthony that Cromwell will also be good lord to him in matters concerning his living. Knows not how to help himself without Cromwell's favour, without which he'd rather die than live if it were God's pleasure. Now, as well as being the king's chief advisor and master secretary, Thomas Cromwell was vicar general, the man who is in charge of the dissolution of the monasteries. Here in this letter, Thomas Goldwell, prior of the monastery of Canterbury Christ Church, is thankful that although his monastery is going to be dissolved, he's able to keep his lodging and he's also hopeful of having some financial support. Now, before I tell you what happened to this particular monastery, let me explain a bit about the dissolution of the monasteries. By the 1530s, when King Henry VIII broke with the authority of Rome and made himself supreme head of the church in England, the monasteries were among the greatest landowners and had also become incredibly wealthy due to their role in the wool trade and their land holdings. Some abbots were not using this wealth for the benefit of the local people. They were living the high life and breaking their vows. Their hypocrisy, debauchery and corruption was causing outrage. So, in 1535, Henry VIII ordered Thomas Cromwell to organise visitations of religious institutions to gather any evidence of irregularities and abuses. There was, however an alternative motive, an ulterior motive. Henry VIII wanted money to fund his campaigns, money which his kingdom, which was a little bit in debt, just did not have. By dissolving the monasteries, not only could he get his hands on the church's wealth, he could punish those who'd opposed his supremacy, eliminate further opposition, and bribe people's loyalty with land and money and his propaganda machinery could make it seem like he was getting rid of hypocrites who were preying on his people and living lives of luxury and sinning while the people they were meant to be supporting suffered. Of course, these visitations uncovered all sorts of abuses, as they would. Some were true, but many were made up. This so-called evidence was an excuse for the subsequent dissolution of the monasteries, which began in 1536, with the dissolution of the smaller monasteries, those with fewer than 12 members and worth less than £200 per year. These monasteries were closed, their heads pensioned off, and their members became secularised or moved to larger monasteries. The monasteries themselves could be used for building materials and the land sold. The 1536 dissolution of these smaller monasteries, the lesser monasteries, wasn't enough though. And in 1539, the larger monasteries were dissolved. Now let's go back to Prior Thomas Goldwell, who wrote that letter to Cromwell on this day in 1538. What happened to him and his priory? 
Well, Christ Church Priory, one of the largest Benedictine monasteries in England and Wales, was an obvious target for Cromwell and the King. According to the Canterbury Trust website, the Priory was the third richest ecclesiastical house after the abbeys of Westminster and Glastonbury. And in 1535, it was recorded as having a gross income of nearly £3,000. And there was also the fact that it brought in money from pilgrims coming to make offerings at the shrine of St Thomas Becket. In November 1535, Following a visitation, complaints were made by some of the monks at the Priory against Prior Thomas Goldwell. They said that while he'd accused them of not living according to the rules of St Benedict, that he was disobeying the king's injunctions in regulating their diet and that he retains six persons under 24 years of age in the monastery against their will, etc. He is avaricious and pretends to be poor, but of late, as God would, his treasure was disclosed besides that which was consumed by fire. Other complaints made against the prior included him taking a collect for the Bishop of Rome by name of Pope, contrary to his oath and to a law made in that behalf, leaving out jewels and plate from the official inventory taken of the monastery's wealth, and accusations that he'd murdered monks. Oh, and interestingly, when the Priory and Cathedral were visited by Richard Leighton on behalf of Cromwell in October 1535, Leighton was nearly burnt in his bed by an outbreak of fire. Dissolving the monastery was first talked about in 1538, hence Prior Goldwell's letter. And two months before Goldwell's letter, the shrine of Thomas Becket at the Prior's Cathedral had been destroyed on the orders of King Henry VIII and 26 cartloads of gold and silver were taken from it to London. In 1539, some of the Priory's land holdings were exchanged with the King. Then, unsurprisingly, the Priory was dissolved in 1540, with its prior being given a pension of £80 and lesser pensions being given to those monks who were not retained for the new cathedral. OK, so there were clearly some abuses at this Priory, as there were with some of the other monasteries, but surely those could have been tackled without dissolving them. Not only did the landscape of England and Wales change forever, with these once beautiful buildings being ransacked and falling into ruin, but many books and manuscripts were lost forever. Then there was the social aspect. These monasteries had employed many people as servants, but also as tradesmen and artisans, so these people were now unemployed or had lost valuable commissions. Then there was the fact that the monasteries had been the social welfare system of the day, feeding the poor, acting as hospitals, schools, care homes, orphanages. So there was a rise in the number of beggars and vagrants, a growth in crime, and a reduction in care for the elderly, sick and mentally ill. It really was an awful situation. So not only was beautiful architecture destroyed by Henry VIII's policies, but also history, literature, art and social welfare for communities. If you've ever read Ken Follett's wonderful Pillars of the Earth series, you'll know just how integral these monasteries were in communities. It's so very sad. In tomorrow's On This Day video, I'll be talking about a lost colony. The colony of Roanoke and the latest thinking on what happened to its inhabitants. Please do subscribe. 
you can click just there, so easy to do. And hit the bell to be notified so that you don't miss out on that video. Also on this day in Tudor history, the 23rd of October, 1570, John Hopkins, poet, psalmodist, and Church of England clergyman, was buried at Great Waldingfield in Suffolk. Now, you've probably never heard of John Hopkins, but his versions of the Psalms were the best-known English verses in the late 16th and 17th century because they were sung in church by every member of society. He was a clergyman and psalmodist, but also appears to have been a shepherd of sheep as well as men. You can find out more about him in last year's video. You'll find a link to that video in the description, so do check that out, please. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.